Hi, I'm Anna, and I am very happy to be bringing you another episode of Chicken Shed Youth Theatre's podcast, The State of Being. For those of you joining the conversation for the first time, this is a space a group of us have made to share some perspectives of the young and not-so-young people from Chicken Shed, a theatre company based in North London. Sharing perspectives is always important, but during these times, when our capacity to get together face-to-face has been made more difficult by the COVID pandemic, being able to hear how we are each feeling and what we are thinking seems even more necessary. For all the ways we are similar and all the ways we are different, we need this space to keep understanding the value of each other. During this week's episode, we will be listening in to a conversation between a group of younger and older cast members of Chicken Shed's intergenerational project, The Space Between Us. And we will be getting under the skin of some of our youth theatre and Chicken Shed staff with some dilemma questions. The creative interludes this week are taken from the production of The Space Between Us, which wraps up the varied life experiences of the intergenerational cast within a beautiful backdrop of music from the Beatles, all of which was put together by the wonderful Francis Haynes. But first, let's see how your week has been. Best week, best week, all best week. This week, to relieve stress, I went on a really, really long early morning walk with my mum, which was so lovely. To relieve stress, I've been going out lots with my friends. This week, to relieve stress, I breathe deeply in and out. This week, I have relieved stress by putting lavender oil in my vaporizer. It really helps me to fall asleep. The funniest thing that happened to me this week was that me and my friend um, really wanted to order like Chinese, but um, we'd spent all our money throughout summer, so the only thing we had left was like a jar of 20p's, 10p's, 1p's, and 2p's. So we counted, we spent all afternoon counting like this jar of pennies. It turns out we had enough to order Chinese, so when the delivery man came to give us our Chinese, we gave him like a bag of 20p's and 10p's of the. 38 pounds and it was just it was just really funny this week the funniest thing happened to me was when my car left and we both gave each other the same picture in a photo frame the funniest thing that happened to me this week was watching my little brother climb all over dad this week i think my favorite meal was when i had a picnic with my friends the favourite meal I had were these pancakes from this dessert shop that were drizzled with white and milk chocolate and had these red velvet brownie pieces and was just so delicious. This week, my favourite meal was pasta putinesca. My favourite meal has been when I went to the pub for fish and chips. My favourite meal of the week was probably um, the Chinese takeaway that we got. <laughs> Hi, this is Ellie. During this week's Chicken Shed Convos, the director of the space between us, Rachel Yates, catches up with six members of the cast. Rufus, Alicia and Anna are of the youth theatre and they're joined by Elsie, Karen and Peter, who are members of the cast from the older generation. 
We asked them to talk about what the experience of creating the show was like for each of them. Well, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew I had this real interest in bringing, experimenting with the two generations and seeing if there was a space actually between us all. And knowing that we'd probably produce something at the end of it, but that, that excitement of not knowing what we would produce. For me, coming in and literally sitting down and having a conversation about quite heavy topics that you wouldn't normally have in a youth theatre session was quite intriguing. And it was completely different to anything I'd ever done before. And I don't think any of us really knew what we were doing. It was just like, oh, another youth theatre thing. What I absolutely loved was not knowing anybody. And that was such a joy, getting to know people from the inside very quickly. And I think that letter writing thing at the beginning was just a, a, a pure chance. We just set that out. Well, it was just one of those things as spontaneous. You were kept separate for four weeks. And I think originally that was probably just down to logistics. But actually that turned out to be the absolute dynamite because keeping you separate and not allowing you to get to know each other face to face to start with was a real magic ingredient through the written word. And that's why that letter thing started by writing to each other through those first couple of weeks, four weeks, blindly not knowing who you were writing to, but actually being asked to open up very quickly about yourselves really got you connected on a very deep level immediately so by the time you met each other you really did feel like you got to know each other as human beings never dreaming of where we would get to as a community as a group at the end of this project for me we'd formed a real a sense of a family a sense of a real connected group I think there are two different components at least two different components to be sort of uh, considered in the way in which it was designed and the first part was just the process of supporting people to start to explore aspects of their history that they may or may not have ever done before um, or may or not have done in that way. Two generations wanting to see if there was a space between those things we're just going to explore so open so loose as was talking about. So there was something about um, the framework of the Sergeant Pepper album that covered so many different aspects of life that enabled us to sort of hang different sort of experiences on. Beautiful example, she's leaving home, one track, we can all relate to that, all of us, whatever age, we can imagine it, or we can remember it, or we, and, but it's a brilliant talking point. It's and, also about universal themes, isn't it? There's, there's universal, there are things that we've either all of us been through or we would anticipate going through. It's true that we ended up with a show which is what we collectively at that stage wanted to say and the stories we wanted to share and it would have been impossible at the start to know what they were or how powerful they would be um, but the, the process was a, a loose evolution of people deciding what they wanted to say to each other and then the two groups to say to each other and then the, the technical process of how you put on a performance when many of us have never really done it before and had to learn some skills to do that and that's that's a difficult um, atmosphere to generate where everybody can everybody can give without being required to but being accepted and being valid in what they're contributing.
And that's what made it so powerful. I, I mean, certain elements, the, the letters and the, the coming together of the two groups were so powerful. I mean, everybody still talks about that now. That was a technique and it was, it, because we'd all invested in it by then, it was so powerful. Yeah. And I think that that, that opening of, which we did again by chance at the beginning of, to look at me, you'd probably think that letter, which is about presumptions, what's going on inside, but what's going on outside, all those, it's so abstract and so open. That beginning is it asking you all very much immediately to, to look through other people's eyes. There is something uniquely chicken shed also about the fact that don't make any assumptions about what people can and can't do. That in any other environment, people might not have been given a chance to do certain things. But in a chicken shed environment, People who've never written songs have written songs. People who've never written things to be performed wrote and they were performed. People who had never been on stage went on stage, you know, to the degree that they were happy to do so. Yeah, that, and that was something that certainly being essentially new to Chicken Shed that I learned as we went along. And you confront your own uh, prejudices or in, inhibitions in how you view other people, as you say, at at first glance and you assume that younger people won't know as much as you do about things but of course we were confronted with not only were the younger group looking at the same issues perhaps from the other side of the glass but still with the same fears or concerns or doubts but also we were in the hands of the younger people in how to run the show and how to work the theatre and how to be on stage, which I hadn't really ever done. All of that is, so the, that is essentially also why the performance was a crucial part, because you, then you are trusting all each other, your little group that you're on with or that scene or that group in which entry you're going on with. And you all just look after each other and you don't, just do not have time to start. Um, pigeonholing people at all you just you're all there aren't you you're all on the same side and you just all help each other I think as I say because I'd had some experience in some other shows I was very aware that of how supportive the young people always are and how they don't make you feel as if you're being stupid just because you don't know what a phrase means you don't know what what was that mom molding because you don't know what molding means you don't know what this means you know you know when we sort of had to go to workshops and it's like now create uh, the feeling of and it's like oh god i don't know how to do that but it didn't matter because the young people always did and and they they, they carried us through on that it was always quite weird having the young people being the ones with the experience <laughs> if you know what i mean like we were the ones who were like had done chicken shed shows before and so kind of knew okay this is how the whole thing normally operates it, it, it felt you know slightly strange almost being, being the ones who are guiding the people who in all other areas i say are wiser um, i don't know what it is about perhaps it's just something perhaps you have a special breed of young people in chicken shed i don't know but they always make you feel included and they always make you feel that you're not, you know, you're not, I'm not an old person. I'm, I'm just, I'm just Elsie and, and I'm accepted as Elsie and, and I'm interacted with, and, you know, some people interact with me more and some less. And, you know, you just feel okay with them. But in terms of the actual show we, we then produced together, I think there was an incredible sense of, I think you've used the word connectedness, that sense of we had created something we had absolutely shown 
that there wasn't a space in terms of emotions and feelings and life experiences. All right, we've had more experience, but we were able to identify with how it had felt when we were younger. They could see that, you know, I think it was just an incredible melding of experience that we all had. I think it, I think it's made me a lot more of like a confident person, especially like, I think it's such an interesting project for people of my age because it is sort of that transitional period into where you're going to have to start interacting with more people of different ages. Like my whole life up until then, it's just my school friends and people older than me have sometimes intimidated me, but given me that experience of like, okay, wow, they don't look down on me or they do see me as like an equal has sort of given me like life experience to go out into the real world and be able to interact with everyone without feeling that nervousness. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what Alicia was saying. Like throughout most of our life, you know, anyone older than me, they are a position of authority, they're a parent, a teacher, you know. And so there's a kind of that relationship's very different to, you know, a friend. And I know in the future, I'm, you know, I'm going to be friends with people of all ages because that's how most workspaces operate. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's nice to have, you know, that already that. For me, in terms of uh, changing me, yes, absolutely has changed me in so many different ways. The joy of bringing a truly inclusive group of people from all ages um, in terms of having so many viewpoints from all those different generational standpoints, but also just seeing how, as humans, we can create together whatever age. I think, you know, that's opened me up. Being able to, like, the willingness of people wanting to listen to your story as well, and people having that passion and energy to want to share your story as well as they can, like, that that impacted me incredibly because, you know, you go into life, you think, no one really cares, no one really wants to listen to my story, and then to have someone want to present your story in such a beautiful way is like that really impacted me as well the years slip away as i clamber down into the space between us and find creativity and engagement bubbling from above and below you finally realise that there isn't like this generation gap and you could just be yourself and you have a lot more in common than you'd think. We're all a community and I think that's what Chicken Shed is and we're just a bigger community across all ages now. And I think some of these relationships will just last and last and that's just been a real, real joy. There's a lot of excitement in this project, um, a lot of power with people talking and coming together. It gives me a lot of hope for a more united world.
Like so many of Chicken Shed Productions, the space between us was devised through a process of sharing perspective on common life experiences. So, we thought it might be fun this week to show different perspectives on some life dilemmas. You know, the ones where you think everybody must think the same as you do, and then you realise you didn't have a clue. Would you rather have a dog with a cat's personality, or a cat with a dog's personality? Uh, definitely a cat with a dog's personality. A cat with a dog's personality, just because if cats weren't mean and had a different personality, then I think I would like them a bit more. So you're getting the best of both worlds there. I'd rather have a cat with a dog's personality, because dogs need humans more than cats need humans, and it's always nice to be wanted. And also, it's nice when dogs want to cuddle. It would have to be a cat with a dog's personality. Reason being, I used to have a cat. His name was Hendrix. I loved him dearly. But he was very cattish, aloofish. Is that a word? Aloof? He, um, he only came to me when he wanted to come to me. And the idea of having Hendrix, but with the personality of a dog, uh, and being able to take him out on walks, and yeah, I'd love that. I don't like cats, but I absolutely adore dogs. I think I'd go with a dog with a cat's personality, because I think I could change the dog's personality. Or the cat's personality, I'm sure. I don't really have... An opinion I'm not really an animal lover. If you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive in the past or future? I think I'd like to be alive in the past. I would say the past, but I think politically the future has more hope than the past and I wouldn't want to live through a lot of the times that have happened. But I would want to experience the fashion and, like, the social aspect of going out and not having technology. I think I would like to know what a life without technology would be like. I'd rather be alive in the past, particularly um, from a music point of view, because the 60s and 70s, people experimenting with music back then would have been amazing to be alive and experiencing that advances in like music technology and recording technology and stuff like that wow that's a deep question i can see the benefit of both if it was a new life is it a new life but my life because if it was my life i'd probably go back and relive parts of my own life that i've lived better and appreciate things more oh definitely the past definitely the past i think amazing things have happened in the past who knows what's gonna happen in the future it's a hard question though because I think in the future you can make more changes so you know we've learned stuff about the past but the future could be amazing and we could make things much better. My safe side is to go with the past because I know it and the future is uncertain and can feel scary but also it could be really exciting so much kinder and cleaner and respectful and I'm going to say the future because I think there's so much more to do and I want to be part of that. I think I would rather be alive in the future because then we would get to see what life would be like after the coronavirus pandemic and I suppose if you were reborn in the future, then you can look to the future. You can look for happy and positive times to 
to come. Would you rather lose the ability to lie or believe everything you're told? I would rather lose the ability to lie. That is a hard one. That's a really hard one. I think I would believe everything I'm told because there's a chance there to become maybe a lot more open-minded and... Oh, I don't know. If you believe everything, I think you can just let your imagination take you where it wants to take you. And it could be quite fun and funny. Sometimes lying is necessary. Not lying lying, but just slipping in a little white lie is necessary to prevent harm to other people. I'd rather lose the ability to lie because then it wouldn't, the next part of that wouldn't matter. I actually believe that I don't lie a lot unless I feel it's necessary. And I do believe a lot that I'm told, even though I'm kind of cynical, I also, <clears throat> I'm quite gullible. So yeah, I think I'd probably lose the ability to lie and just tell the truth. Yes, man. Definitely not believe everything you're told. No way. Oh no. There's so much lying that goes on in this world by the media, by politicians, oh, all sorts of people. So no. But lose the ability to lie. Everyone lies. And it's a horrible word. I know I lie and I do it to be kind. Would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent? Definitely the funniest person in the room. I think intelligence comes with humour in a lot of ways. But I think the power to be funny is more valuable than being intelligent maybe I don't know I think knowing that you're making people laugh is so powerful and laughing is such an important and crucial thing in life and knowledge can be quite dangerous so yes I would be the funniest person in the room I think I'd rather be the most intelligent person in the room I think because sometimes I've wanted to be the funniest person and it's um backfired and not being a very intelligent thing to do I think I'd rather be just a bit more funny than I am because um, I, I've lived a life where I just don't feel like I am funny. I don't have that funny thing. My brother is naturally really funny. Uh, members of my family are really funny and I think I'm not funny. And now I have my kids, I can see funniness in, in one more than the other. So, um, and I don't think I'd want to be the most intelligent in the room. I don't, I think that would be a huge burden. Um, and I just can't imagine being the most intelligent. Mm, I think that's a really hard one because I think humour can really be one of the best ways of bringing people together. And in bad times, humour can really heal. And I think the pandemic showed that. I mean, as soon as pandemic hit across the world, everyone was making funny videos. I remember sitting watching them and just crying laughing. But <laughs> intelligence is important. If you share it, is it what's always needed? I suppose it depends on what room you're in. I think that word most puts me off. I don't think you need to be the most anything. I think it's about what's needed in that room at that time. I would rather be the most intelligent because being funny is nice, but being most intelligent, I feel like it comes with more skills than just being funny and telling loads of jokes and stuff. Would you rather run 100 miles per hour? Or fly at 10 miles per hour. Fly at 10 miles per hour, please. Um, I think I'd be a slow bird. I would fly at 10 miles per hour. 
it's life-changing to be able to fly is life-changing take more in take the sceneries in if you're going at 10 miles per hour no rushing i'd rather run at 100 miles an hour because you can still jump when you're running and that would basically be like flying at 100 miles an hour um although running at 100 miles an hour would be incredibly useful i think i wouldn't be able to pass up the opportunity to fly at all i'd fly at one mile an hour which just sounds amazing if it's an option why not definitely fly because i hate running flying wow flying would be amazing (gasps) oh yeah and at 10 miles per hour that's that's all right i think it's about the experience rather than getting somewhere quick i think i'd rather run at 100 i don't really have a reason for that but i don't really really like flying anyway so i'd rather run would you rather continue with your life or restart it definitely definitely continue with my life i think i'd rather restart it because there have been some things which are have been unnecessary like worries that I've had which have been unnecessary and I would change some things that have happened in my life that I've had control over so I think I'd restart it and it might have it might do the butterfly effect where I'm not where I am now and everything does happen for a reason and I've learned a lot from that but if I had all my knowledge of knowing that those things were unnecessary and unneeded and I'd have that knowledge, then yeah, I would restart my life just to live it again and do things differently maybe. But then I might not be where I am now. I would definitely continue my life now because there are so many good things in it that um, I can't imagine being without them if I restarted it. I love my life and I love so many bits of it. But yeah, if I could restart it and go back and, and, and do it better... You know, it's the ultimate it's the ultimate thing and, and appreciate things more and appreciate people more. I would do that. There's so much to you can learn from, from life. Oh, that's a really hard one because everyone can live with regrets. So you'd want to restart and do the things you didn't do or make different decisions. But that's what life is. That's, that's life lessons. No, I my life has been amazing so far. I've been lucky, really, really lucky. Gorgeous family, gorgeous job. Yeah, of course there's different things that I would have done and said. I'd rather just continue on this journey and find new adventures along the way. I think I'd rather continue because I don't like regrets and I don't like the feeling of, no, I regret this i want to restart my life because like life is life and with anything in life you might have regrets that's just the way it comes like gotta learn to live through the bad times as well as the good so yeah i think i'd rather continue with the life i have another recording from the performance of The Space Between Us. To the background sound of the Beatles' Sergeant Pepper track, Fixing a Hole, this piece is called Boys to Men. Right. I'll have to try yeah, try and make it. <laughs> Thank you. 
I think there's kind of the, the, the traditional definition which people talk about, which is like, you know, as has been said before, kind of muscly or whatever. And I, I hope that's not a definition because I'm, I'm not really going to get to One that One thing point, about think. men that always makes me laugh is that they always felt they have to have a deep voice because they can't be speaking like this. Because whenever they do speak a little bit higher, women don't take them seriously. You know, you got to work out religiously. You've got to have the body of their dreams. It's like a bit people say when you're 18, you're officially an adult. I mean, I'm still learning things now about being a man. I don't think just the number like 18 can define you of being an adult. I don't know. Thinking I needed to be responsible was terrifying. I remember being determined to keep on the move, not settle. Partly because the model of a man seems Some so. Some might think it's getting better, but I, I think that now men are less sort of accepted for showing their emotions than they used to be. Because now there's things like social media and everything, there's always someone watching what you do, always someone to judge. As a 16 year old teenager, I was always sure I was right. Things seem very clear in my head, very yes or no, and right or wrong. I was right, and that's where I belonged. All that kind of stuff, and yeah, it's just a load of rubbish, really. The typical man idea tells you to, you know, deny, bury, you know, don't talk to people about it. But that's just completely unhelpful. I just, I just, I just keep myself together rather than let myself out. But I want to keep pushing myself to get more independent, to push myself to socialise more. Like right now, I could literally talk forever. As a schoolboy, I was learning to obey a timetable. But then at 18, I was learning to obey a command to kill and to die if necessary. And I feel like that is something that really needs to be addressed in this day and age because it's just not the right. The 60s were about throwing out the old norms. We're about the young finding new ways, but without much direction, it didn't help you to see. The last time I cried was when my brother was uni for three years and he recently just come back and I had no idea. And what really made me cry, my mum took me to a I'm restaurant. I'm pretty sure the last time I cried was last, it was December or November, because I went to the cinema and I watched Paddington 2. And I got to the end of that and I was... I was and my brother came out the door to have a, a, a drink with me and a meal. And as soon as he sat down, I fell into his arms and started crying. People still expect you to be the person in charge, be the person who's always looking after everyone else, be the person not showing your emotions, things like that. It's women. It's never think the other way. A good man is like going to the gym a lot, being nice and muscly. But I think, as a, my personal opinion, as a man, is being self-respect and discipline, and always kind and always willing to help. What is going on here then? What's going on? This week, we are so excited to be getting back inside our building, having been away since the 21st of March. It feels different, but so does everything at the moment. But it feels like a massive step back in the direction of where we want to be. The head of Young Company, Matthew Lyons, has spent the week walking through corridors with a two-metre ruler and sanitising spray. So we thought he would be the best person to let us know what's going on. Over the last few weeks, the Young Company has been working to get its connections, uh, community connections project uh, ready. We've been linking up with organisations around the country and internationally to start the conversation about what the world is to us 
at the moment, our young people will be connecting with other young people and older people to start conversations, to start a creative process that will culminate in a better understanding of each other. We've been working with our project producers, so they will be members of our youth theatre working uh, with us to lead on the conversation, to lead on the creative direction of these projects, and we will be bringing those projects together in some way, whether live at Chicken Shed or virtually online, and we'll be working throughout the autumn term to keep the conversation going, to keep the connections developing, and to keep the fun happening in whatever way we are able. And that is almost the end of this week's podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. We wanted to open up this space to all the ages of people who play a part in our experience of being young at Chicken Shed. We are going to try and get some of our children's theatre to be a part of future episodes and maybe some other special guests. If you have any suggestions for us, then please let us know. We are going to leave you with the final extract from The Space Between Us. It's a version of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds that creates a pathway from the musical eras in all of our lives. Have a great week. Oi, what's that you're listening to? Oh, you should listen to that on vinyl. Sounds way better. Let's go.